Oh boy, it is the weekend, and we're excited to get a little crazy with Deanna Bermudez this week. Man, oh man, she's an amazing individual. I can't wait for everybody to hear the charitable work she's been doing, going into classrooms and talking to the younger audience. It's been amazing, but of course, we're talking about Moon Knight. Of course. I mean, you know, and and the power that the Marvel series and and Marvel indeed has to inspire so many others and and her part in that. Uh, It's a really fantastic interview. I mean, you guys are going to love it. And she's so fun. She's so fun. I mean, she's one of the OG guests that we had at the very beginning of the podcast. So if you guys weren't listening then, you can hear how fun and amazing she is now. (laughs) Well, that's a little bit later on the show. Now, let's get this thing started. What's up? Episode 195 is here, and you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? Guys, there's a whole bunch going down in Hollywood. Stan Lee might be making his cameos again in the MCU, but mm, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see how all that works out. The estate says yes, the fans say no, yeah. um, or at least these fans. And then we got a whole bunch <laughs> else going on. Of course, we got some Scooby-Doo news. We got some other Disney news. We got some merch. We got all these things that are happening in Hollywood, and you know we are talking about it. Yes. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got underwear, we got socks. We now can provide you shoes, so be sure to head over there, start rocking all the latest and greatest gear. Facts. But man, oh man, of course we're starting out with Disney. I mean, what week do we not? Come on now. (laughs) This week, Disney started marketing and promoting merchandise under the name Pride Club collection for the first time now it's a big branding move for the company that has become more conservative target for its supportive lgbtq rights now profits for from the sales of t-shirts mickey mouse ears plus toys and other souvenirs and newly branded collection will be donated to a group of the lgbt community um, advocacy now organizations through the end of june so that's pretty awesome yeah the move comes after or uh, as disney faces mounting criticism and scorn from uh, conservative lawmakers and others who say the company has oversized influence on children and American culture (laughs) at large and is pushing a progressive agenda they oppose. Now, Disney has uh, courted LGBTQ visitors to its theme parks for years now, selling rainbow-colored souvenirs and hosting groups that organize annual Gay Day celebrations. Now, I think this is just Bob Chappick and everybody else trying to play both sides and to keep everybody happy. That's what it sounds like. I mean, for sure. Like I said, for years, you know, they have celebrated Gay Day and Pride Month and all that, and they do shut down the parks, and, and that's been going on forever. But like like the story says, it's the first time they've actually branded merchandise as that. Yeah. I do think it's a, a, a cover your ass move by Chappic, but it good. It's the right move, uh, you know, <laughs> which he doesn't do very often. So, okay. And I love the fact that they're donating the money, you know, because you, you know the conservative groups would have been all over that if it was all profit for Disney and for not sure. being donated. So that's a that's a wise move. Um, Look, I, I, I like this. I think it's good. I just checked. That's what I was uh, 102. <laughs> Stocks in 102, still hovering. I'm, I'm just uh, still afraid it's going to dip below 100. We'll see. But um, look, this this controversy is not going away. 
Uh, neither is backing down, Disney or the governor. Um, and we're just going to continue to follow it and see what's happening and see how it goes down. I mean, that's just that's what it is. That's what it is, man. All right. Now, in another unique deal that Disney made, Stan Lee, the beloved co-creator of Spider-Man, Avengers, Hulk, and so many others, uh, who died, remember, in 2018, is returning to Marvel Studios. How? Well, apparently Marvel has signed a 20-year deal with Stanley Universe, which is a venture uh, between uh, Genius Brands International and POW Entertainment, which was Stan Lee's former company, to license the name and likeness of Lee for use in future feature films and television productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences... And merchandising. Now, the deal gives permission to use Lee's name, voice, likeness, and signature in movies, television projects, as well as to use images, existing footage, and existing audio recorders featuring him. But insiders say the new deal does not necessarily pave the way for the return of the Lee cameos in the beloved movies and TV shows that we all like so much, at least not in the way fans traditionally knew them, because insiders caution it's unclear if the public has even had an appetite for wanting to see him digitally recreated. As we just said, we do not. I would rather see like how we saw it in... Um, uh, Baymax, where it's just a picture of him on the wall, kind of. I'm totally fine with that type stuff, but don't digitally recate him and put him in stuff. I yeah, just think personally, it's kind of disrespectful, in my yeah, opinion. I, I mean, you know. let let him rest, let him rest. But it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Other Marvel news that is happening in Hollywood right now. Everybody saw it. The new She-Hulk teaser yes. trailer dropped, and that's coming to Disney Plus. Officially set premiere date in August. Uh, the ten episode show, which is now officially titled She-Hulk. Or she Hulk, uh, attorney at law, will bow on the streamer on August 17th. Yes. Now, Marvel boss uh, Kevin Feige confirmed the news at Disney Upfront presentation in New York, alongside, of course, the star Tatiana Marsani. And a new poster and trailer were also revealed, like I just said. The uh, series centers on lawyer Jennifer Walters, uh, cousin of Bruce Banner, who inverts uh, his Hulk powers after she retrie- uh, receives a blood transfusion from him. Unlike Bruce, though, uh, when she hulks out, Jennifer is able to retain most of her personality, intelligence, and emotional control. She now works as a lawyer who specializes in superhuman-oriented legal cases. The show will be the third Marvel series released this year, following Moon Knight, of course, back in March. We have a guest on, of course, and uh, Miss Marvel that is also coming out that's premiering June 8th. Mm-hmm. In addition, the company will also release currently untitled Halloween special on Disney Plus in October, so look forward to that. And, of course, like we've told you about before, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special from director james gunn in december so they got a lot of awesome stuff coming out again this year yeah and uh don't be surprised there was a little easter egg if you were looking really good for um our our boy matt murdoch go back and watch the trailer if you missed it and then you know they announced officially daredevil is getting a new season it's coming to disney plus 
Not with the original showrunners, though. And so that has us questioning, will the entire cast be back? Will it just be Charlie Cox and, and, and uh, Vincent D'Onfrio? We don't know. We're going to keep you updated on that one, too. But it was officially announced also. All right. Another official announcement. And, and everybody was kind of wondering what was going on. John Watts may indeed be taking a break from superhero movies, but he's staying close to home with his next project. Lucasfilm confirmed that Watts is attached to direct a Star Wars series at Disney+. Plus. The show, which is being developed under the codename Grammar Rodeo, takes place during the post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire. Now that's the same as The Mandalorian. Plot details, of course, are being kept under wraps, but sources say casting notice has gone out for four children around ages 11 to 12 years old. Now, inside Lucasfilm, the show is being described as a galactic version of classic coming-of-age adventure films from the 80s. Watch series joins Obi-Wan Kenobi, obviously, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian Season 3, and Andor on Lucasfilm's upcoming Star Wars television slate. So between everything you just said in Marvel and everything I just said in, in Star Wars, fuck Disney Plus got a lot of shit coming they really do and i saw i forget which magazine or which publication that put it out but they just put out a uh magazine cover of like all the star wars characters that are out right now Andor, obi-wan ahsoka and of course uh pedro for mandalorian so i mean it's just so epic to be a freaking pop culture nerd right now i mean we (laughs) say that like every week but it really is man um but ahead of its season three premiere talking about high school musical the musical disney plus has ordered a fourth season of this thing and the eight episode third season will premiere july 27th so be sure to mark that on your calendars if that is your forte uh with each episode streaming weekly wednesdays obviously exclusively on disney plus I know a lot of people are excited about that one. Maybe maybe a cameo from old uh, Zach Efron. I know he's looking to get back into the he's game. He's trying. He's trying. And, and the real question is, is how is that scheduling going to work with Olivia Rodrigo? Because she's right. out on tour right now. So good luck with that. I don't even, I'm just shocked there's anything other than Marvel and, and, and Star Wars on there. Uh, let's see. Pixar debuted a sneak peek uh, concept art for its next feature, Elemental, which will hit theaters on June 16th. The film follows an unlikely pair. Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The fiery young woman and the go with the flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. I like this idea. It's okay. obviously they're going to be water and fire characters and and i mean that's interesting yeah you know it's it we'll see yeah right it kind of reminds me of avatar the last airbender but you know it's very interesting disney trying to make their own spin on that but like you said we'll see how it all turns out uh 20th century studios announced that its action thriller prey is making the newest entry in the predator franchise now this will debut exclusively on hulu Mm. in the u.s on august 5th so be sure to mark your calendars for that one if that one is your niche uh set in the comanche nation 300 years ago prey tells the story of a young woman named naru a fierce and highly skilled warrior uh she has been raised in the shadow of some of the most legendary hunters who roam the great plains so when danger threatens her camp she sets out to protect her people Mm. now the prey is uh the prey she stalks and ultimately confronts turns out to be a highly evolved alien predator with a technically advanced arsenal now resulting in a vicious and terrifying showdown between the two adversaries. Now that sounds very freaking interesting. 
interesting and right up Hulu's alley, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So Arnold wasn't the first one to face uh, these predators? Apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> This is going to be interesting, though. 20th Century Studios is also developing a reboot of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen for Hulu. Now, of course, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a fantasy film released by 20th Century Fox back in 2003 based on the comic book series of the same name from writer Alan Moore and artist Kevin O'Neill. Now, of course, that's the one that starred uh, Sean Connery. Set in an alternate Victorian age world, it followed a group of famous contemporary fantasy science fiction and adventure characters, including Captain Nemo, Dorian and Gray and Tom Sawyer as they teamed up on a secret mission. So why would we want to make a series out of this? I'm not sure, but sure, go for it. Very interesting. Very freaking interesting. And next one that is also very interesting, especially the title. Searchlight <laughs> Pictures has acquired the world rights, uh, worldwide rights to uh, Anna Peruna's Night Bitch uh, with six-time Oscar nominee Amy Adams to star. Uh, Morel Heller wrote and will direct the film adaptation of Rachel Yoder's acclaimed debut novel. The movie is described as a darkly comic neo-horror and is currently in pre-production at the moment uh, with a scheduled production start in September in Los Angeles. That's very interesting. Uh, now this one will stream as a Hulu original in the U.S. with additional releases planned to be announced. According to the official logline, Adam stars as a woman thrown into a stay-at-home routine of raising a toddler in the suburbs who slowly embraces her feral power deeply rooted in motherhood. Now, as she becomes increasingly aware of this bizarre and, and undeniable uh, signs, she may be turning into a canine. What the fuck? <laughs> Very what? interesting. Very Say, interesting. What? A mama werewolf? Like, I don't even know. Okay. All right. Jeff Bridges is on the run and out for blood in the first trailer for The Old Man, the new FX drama series premiering also on June 16th. Now, this is based on Thomas Perry's 2017 thriller novel of the same name. The Old Man stars Bridges as Dan Chase, a former CIA operative who has spent decades living off the grid in hiding from his former agency. When an assassination attempt forces him out of hiding, Chase ends up on the run from Harold Harper, who's going to be played by John Lithgow. The FBI's assistant director for counterintelligence with whom he shares a complicated history. Now, in order to evade capture and stay alive, Chase is forced to confront his misdeeds and mistakes from the past life. The entire seven-episode season will run through July 21st. Episodes will air Thursdays on FX and then be available, obviously, to stream the next day on Hulu. Now, this was the one that was supposed to be a couple years ago, but because... COVID shut it down initially, and then Bridges got diagnosed with leukemia, and that shut it down until he went into remission. So at least now we're finally getting to see it. Yeah, exactly. This man seems to never sleep, so no. kudos to him. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. True. That's awesome. Now, this next one is very much a double-edged sword because we love The Rock, and we love everything he's doing. But I personally do not believe in the XFL and their <laughs> intentions on being a successful, you know, I guess, franchise, as you could say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, has formed an alliance with the XFL, uh, starting up the Startup Football League, led by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. An exclusive multi-year deal will put XFL games on ESPN, FX, and ABC and gives Disney more football for to offer fans, fans across across the calendar mm. just as uh, rivals Fox and NBC play up games 
from the uh, USFL, obviously, um, in which Fox is an investor. Now, the games are expected to start in 2023, and the deal will last through 2027. Damn. Uh, under the pack, each season, 40 regular season, season game, two playoff games, and one championship will be featured in a combination of ABC uh, ESPN Networks and FX Networks. Uh, the deal includes exclusive rights across Disney, ESPN Digital, and social and direct-to-consumer outlets, including ESPN+. Plus. Like I said, they've tried and failed so many times with the XFL. I don't know when enough is going to be enough. This is definitely the most I've ever seen them try, though. And I mean, maybe it's because Dwayne's behind it, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I, I, like, like you said, I wish they would not be doing this and the USFL has been tried and failed. I'm surprised it's still getting another season because they've tried and that's, well, I did it last couple seasons the first time around ages ago, but I think that one's going to fail too. Nobody wants to watch that shit. They just want to watch the NFL. You know, I'm sorry, rock, but move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Jump into Fox Network. On last week's show, we told you that two of Fox's highest rated dramas had yet to be renewed for the upcoming season. Well, this week we can tell you that fans of 911 and The Resident, this guy, can breathe sighs of relief because both series are indeed coming back for the 2022-2023 season. Fox has officially announced that both the first responder and medical drama have been renewed for their respective sixth seasons. Duh. This yeah. was a money grab. I mean, I, like, everybody knew they were going to renew it. These are their cash cows. There's no way they weren't coming back. Yeah, for sure. But it was interesting waiting up to the last second to do Ooh, it. And so. they did, like, way last second. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. I mean, at least it's there. At least it's there. Well, Warner Brothers Discovery, Margot Robbie, is attached to star in a prequel to Ocean's Eleven. Mm. Now, the upcoming film is still in development at Warner Brothers and has not been greenlit yet. So, Jay Roach is directing this one, though. Uh, Carrie Simone, uh, Simon is working on the screenplay as we speak, which is expected to play, take place far away from Sin City. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. In 1960s Europe, uh, the film is expected to go into production in spring of 2023. I wonder if she's going to be a different ocean. I mean, I would, that's assume, what I'm saying. I yeah. would assume she's going to be related to George Clooney's character in some way or yeah. form. Like, well, George Cooney and now Sandra Bullock. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, talk about a family right there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm all in though. Anything Margot Robbie does. Yeah. I'm and I mean, like, I've always been a fan of this franchise, even though in the original, like trilogy, the last two weren't that great, but I mean, I hope they move forward with, Oceans 8, not, or obviously Oceans 9 and 10, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and I was a fan of Sandra Bullock's. I, I, mean, I know too. a lot of people were like, nah, they took it or leave it, but I liked it. I did and too. So, you know, hey. Uh, Warner Brothers also revealed a first look at Mindy Kaling's upcoming animated Scooby-Doo spinoff series, Velma. HBO Max ordered the series from Kaling, who will also executive produce last year. Now, Velma tells the origin story of Velma Dinkley, the unsung and underappreciated brains of the Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. gang. Now, you might remember that after the animated show was announced last year, Twitter blew up with openly racist complaints about Kaling's project, with some pointing out how making Velma into a studious Asian nerd played into stereotypes. Kaling addressed that backlash again this week, saying, quote, I don't care what you think. If a dog can solve crimes, then Velma can be brown. Hopefully you noticed my Velma is South Asian. If people freak out about that, again, I don't care. 
I love that, though. I mean, you know, it's the same as, I mean, I know you have differing opinions about it, but it's the same as taking comic book characters and changing them in a way that shows more representation for people of different, you know, ethnicities or different uh, sexual orientations or anything like that. So I, it's just a character, man. Like, lay off. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely down with it. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, uh, the whole gang would be better represented if they were a mixed group of people. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, instead of an all-white gang. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, hey. Exactly. That's that, though. Yeah, for sure. But HBO also released a trailer for its upcoming limited series this week. Uh, Irma Veep, now the writer and director Olivier Oasis, based on the 1996 film of the same name, starring Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander. Oh. Um, and the series premieres June 6th on HBO and HBO Max. Now, Alicia plays Mira, an American film star fresh out of a relationship and delusioned by her career. She comes to France to play a role of Irma Veep, an algorithm of, of a, algorithm of a vampire, which is very interesting, in a remake remake of the French silent film, uh, El Les Vampires, and as she takes on this role, the line between fiction and reality begins to blur, and Mira struggles to grasp the real world that is around her. Now, the series will premiere as an official selection at Cannes prior to its worldwide release, so I'm sure we will get a whole bunch of critically acclaimed reviews before it premieres. It sounds interesting, yeah. and I mean, Alicia, I'm a huge fan, so I'm in. Uh, let's see. The single-camera teen comedy Wildlife has received a pilot order at HBO Max with rising star Isabella Alvarez set as the show's lead. Now, Wildlife follows a diverse group of high school teens who are struggling with personal and social issues who spend their school hours working at the local animal rescue as part of an alternative educational program. While comedy comes from their quirky, offbeat personalities and the unique setting of high school at the animal rescue the series will also have heart as working with animals helps deal with their personal issues with friends and at home i love this idea yeah this sounds very cool i love that and especially with the younger audience you know with mental health being more of a prevalent thing and being more of a discussed topic i think this will be really cool oh yeah me too me too i love that i know you're mm. kind of sad about this one yeah wonder doing powers deactivated, deactivated. <laughs> hbo max completely dis banded this shit they have officially scrapped the live action wonder twins film now the news comes after only a month after the announcement of kj appa and isabel may had been tapped to play the shapeshifters uh zan and jaina uh i'm sure that was wrong black adam <laughs> writer adam skittle uh, had been tasked with directing this film uh it would have marked his feature film debut uh, Wonder Twins is one of the several scrapped projects taking place after Warner Brothers Discovery merger happened, which saw CEO and President David Zaslav committed to cutting $3 billion in costs. So a lot of things were gone. Yeah, and you know what? As as goofy as the Wonder Twins are in the, in, in the animated, you know, the, the origins and, and all the stuff, um, it would have been expensive. Because yeah. they do transform into animals, they transform into water, so the special effects would have been pretty outrageous, and so I can I get that. Yeah. I can see why it was cut for that. For sure. All right, now, 
one of the networks that actually was able to and prepared to present their whole schedule at the upfronts, because a couple of them apparently were not, the CW. The CW has announced its full fall 2022 schedule, which will see the supernatural prequel, The Winchesters, anchoring Tuesday nights. The series, which follows uh, Sam and Dean's parents, will kick off Tuesdays and lead into the acquired series, The Professionals, which will be starring Smallville alum Tom Welling. Now on Mondays, All-American remains in the 8 p.m slot and will be followed by the spin-off All-American Homecoming. On Wednesdays, DC series Stargirl is being moved to a fall primetime slot, kicking off the night at 8 p.m., followed by the third season of Kung Fu. Thursdays belong to Jared Padalecki, with Walker staying in the 8 p.m. slot and leading into the prequel series Walker Independence. Fridays and Saturdays are the alternate programming. Penn and Teller fool us, and whose line is it anyway run Fridays while Magic with the Stars and World's Funniest Animals are on Saturdays. Finally, on Sunday... The acquired series Family Law and The Coroner will air. The CW also announced that Riverdale Season 7 will bow mid-season this time, uh, with that season also being the show's last. The new DC show's Gotham Knight is being held for mid-season also, as are returning shows The Flash, Nancy Drew, and Superman and Lois. All of so, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I mean, yeah, I'm excited though, you know? And by the way, the CW did say, hey, we are still in the superhero making business. Yeah. So guys, don't expect all the DC shows to be canceled. Just saying, just saying. I know a lot of people got scared. Uh, Paramount, it looks like Paramount Pictures could deliver its first non-superhero movie post-pandemic blockbuster at the box office with Top Gun Maverick. Now this one received a thundering five-minute standing ovation at Cannes. The film's premiere was an extravaganza that included the appearance of eight fighter jets bellowing red yet white and blue smoke uh behind them as crews and other cast members of the film's uh obviously cast looked on (laughs) from the red carpet below uh the festival crowd joyously interacted with the film uh during the screening cheering and gasping at stunts and an overwhelming response came when Val Kilmer, who started Ice, starred as Iceman in the original film, appeared on scene uh, with Maverick. So that's amazing. The film opens here in the U.S. this Friday, May 27th, yes. or if you want to go on Thursday, like we will, uh, May 26th. <laughs> so there's that. Need for Speed Thursday, yes. baby. Woo! All right, CBS also unveiled its fall schedule, and while there's a few changes here or there, it's largely pretty much the same thing. New New drama series So Help Me Todd is getting a Thursday night slot, taking over an hour that was previously dominated by comedies, including the canceled B-positive. Fire Country, starring SEAL Team 6's Max Terrio, gets the Friday 9pm slot that was previously inhabited by Magnum P.I. Wednesday goes full alternative with The Real Love Boat, while CSI Vegas moves from Wednesday to Thursday, replacing Bull. New series East New York gets a Sunday night debut at 9pm, while NCIS LA moves back an hour to 10 p.m. New drama series True Lies, based on the James Cameron film, is now confirmed for mid-season. There's also mid-season bows for alternative series Superfan and Lingo, as well as Tough as Nails and Secret Celebrity Renovation. That's awesome. But uh, even more awesome news is production on season five of Yellowstone has resumed in Montana. Yeah. Now the cast and crew of the Taylor Sheridan drama should be sharing a whole lot of yee this summer. <laughs> the drama averaged about 11 viewer, viewers 
viewers, 11 million viewers, uh, in its fourth season and earned uh, the first ever SAG and PGA nominations. Now, season five of the Juggernaut drama will launch Sunday, November 13th. That's not too far away. I mean, come on now. I know, right? All right, and continuing with news about that franchise, Harrison Ford, yes, that Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are set to star in Taylor Sheridan's new Yellowstone prequel, 1932, at Paramount Plus, of course. The show follows the Dutton family during a time of prohibition, the Great Depression, and westward expansion. 1932 is, of course, a follow-up to 1883, the latter of which told the story of the Dutton family as they made their way to Montana to found what would eventually become the Relistone Ranch in the Mothership series. Yes, super freaking pumped about that. But speaking about the Mothership, now we got a spinoff. The Paramount uh, is moving one of the upcoming Yellowstone spinoffs, like I said, from its streaming service to Linear. Now, The Sixes is moving to Paramount Network. Having originally been announced as a Paramount Plus original, Paramount sources say that as it produces and develops these series, it is a regular thinking uh, prerogative about how to maximize the release strategy and being nimble is very much key. So that's very interesting. Maybe since it's like a direct character from the mothership i don't know but. i don't know yeah it's odd i would have kept it on paramount plus but yeah. hey that's just me silver tree who's a woman by the way guys if you're confused look it up imdb is set to direct an executive produce on the upcoming paramount plus series fatal attraction the project is a reimagination of course of the classic 1980s psychosexual thriller film the series like the film will explore the timeless themes of marriage and infidelity through the lens of a modern attitudes towards strong women personality disorder orders and coercive control lizzie kaplan will portray alex who becomes obsessed with her lover after a brief affair the object of that affection dan is going to be played by joshua jackson lizzie kaplan joshua jackson all in <laughs> joshua jackson <laughs> love it man love it well now heading over to nbc universal yes, ryan gasling is attached to star in the fall guy it's yes. a feature film adaptation of the iconic 1980s tv series that will shoot in sydney australia hmm. the original series which ran from 1981 to 1986 starred lee majors as hollywood stuntman now to make ends meet he has a side hustle as a bounty hunter Australia's federal government and the New South Wales state authorities will provide finance for the Universal Filmed Entertainment Group to produce this thing. So that's yeah. very freaking exciting. One of the best TV theme songs ever. Yeah. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. You know it. You love it. Come on, go look it up. It's uh, sung by Lee Majors. Fucking fantastic. It's basically based on his life. He mm. never became a bounty hunter, but he was a stuntman. Yeah. Uh, Universal Pictures has acquired the action comedy spec Shot, Shot, Shots with Jason Momoa coming on board to star. Now the film's plot is being kept under wraps. A director has not yet been set, but Momoa is producing along with his partner, Jeff Pearson. So, there you go. Pretty epic, man. Pretty epic. Universal Studios has also released the first trailer for Bros, a metagay rom-com written and starring Billy Eichinger. Uh, Premiering September 30th, the film is a major milestone as it is its first gay romantic comedy from the major studio featuring an entire entirely all LGBTQ principal cast. 
directed by Nicholas Stoller, uh, nah, uh, Billy will play an openly gay man who falls for Luke McInflane. Uh, together, they stumble towards love. Judd Apatow serves as a film producer. So, I mean, anything Judd Apatow is attached to, I mean, it's going to be good. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, hey, our friend Shanola Hampton, we got some news about her show. The NBC drama pilot Found has cast Kelly Williams to join the previously announced Shanola Hampton in the project, along with fellow cast member Zach, you love him, Mark Paul Gosler. The show is built around the fact that in any given year, more than 600,000 people are reported missing in the U.S. Mm. More than half that number are people of color and that the country seems to forget about. Public relations specialist Gabby Mosley, of course played by Shinola, uh, who was once herself one of those forgotten ones, and her crisis management team now make sure there is always someone looking out for the forgotten missing people. But unbeknownst to anyone, this everyday hero is hiding a chilling secret of her own. Williams is going to come on board to star in the pilot as Margaret Reed, a keen observer of human behavior. Margaret is a crisis manager at Mosley and Associates and the mother figure to her whole team mm. of associates. Wow. Oh. That sounds deep, man. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, me too. Um, Camilla Cabello uh, has joined the panel of coaches on NBC's The Voice for its mm. upcoming 22nd season. The 25-year-old singer and songwriter made the news public through a post on TikTok in which she conducted a sing-along side uh, footage of Gwen Stefani, John Legend, and, of course, Blake Shelton, uh, who have been serving as coaches on The Voice alongside host uh, Carson Daly. Now, NBC Universal confirmed the news that Cabello's involvement with the upcoming season. Cabello was also fi- uh, featured as a part-time advisor on the show's 21st season, which ran from September to December last year. Now, she is joining as a full-time coach for the first time. Stefani, who served as a full-time coach on The Voice across five seasons from the show's 21st season, uh, though never uh, in consecutive seasons. Mm. Now, according to sources, Kelly Clarkson decided to leave the show uh, to devote more time to her new talk show that is apparently in redevelopment, which it's amazing. So there's no reason to make it in redevelopment, but that's an interesting uh, decision. But, I mean, you know, it makes sense because her talk show is becoming, like, almost as big, if not bigger than The Voice. So it's all good. Yeah, I mean, and hey, whatever she feels is the right move to do, do it. Exactly. This one is huge. This one is going to be uh, big and probably have huge ramifications for the show. Although, it back in the day, originally, this used to be a normal thing, but lately it has not been. Uh, Saturday Night Live is set for its biggest change in a number of years. Now get this. A huge bunch of long-featured stars, including Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, Kyle Mooney, and Pete Davidson, are expected to leave the show at the end of the season. It comes, of course, after creator Lauren Michaels admitted that he was expecting this year to be a year of change for the show. Mm, that's mm. very interesting. And I heard uh, possibly Michael Che as well, but that would yeah. be, yeah, that would suck. My favorite segment of the weekend update. So him and Colin Jost just have such good chemistry. So it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with it everything. But, you know, it is what it is. CBS, or NBC is finalizing deals for a pilot order to an untitled multi-camera comedy uh, formerly titled We Thought We Were Done. John Cryer is in <laughs> yeah. talks to star in this one. The comedy centers on Jim and Julia, who, after a amicable divorce, decided to continue to raise their kids at the family home while taking turns on who gets <laughs> to stay with them. 
Navigating the waters of divorce and child sharing gets hilariously more complicated for Jim when the owner of his favorite sports team enters the picture and wins Julia's heart. Oh, that sounds funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And and John Cryer could not be more perfect for that. That's going to be hilarious. Okay, now, speaking of Pete leaving Saturday Night Live, we told you he's getting his own show. Well, we've got some more news about that. Edie Falco. Yes, Sopranos. Edie Falco has been cast opposite Pete Davidson in the upcoming. Peacock comedy series, Bupkis. Bupkis was picked straight up to series at Peacock back in April. The show is described as a heightened fictionalized version of Davidson's real life, as we've told you. Now, per Peacock, it will combine grounded storytelling with absurd elements from the worldview for which Davidson is well known. Felco is going to star as, wait for it, his mom. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be epic. I'm excited <laughs> for that one, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lionsgate will be taking a, the key tenant with naming the rights of the major studio project uh, New York. Newark. Uh, New Jersey being built uh, by Robert Homme and Femi Gecko's Great Point Studios. The $125 million project on the 12 acres follows a collaboration by partners on recently opened Lionsgate Studios in Yonkers as a demand for production space continues to uh, freaking explode right now. Uh, it will be the first uh, purpose-built studio in the state specifically constructed for TV and and film production and is expected to start operations in late uh, 2024. So mm. that is very freaking exciting. Jersey saying, enough New York. We want some of that shit. Bring it across the river. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what does that say? I mean, what's New York going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, just going to find out. All right, jumping to MGM. Simon Rex will apparently be joining Channing Tatum and Naomi Aki in Zoe Kravitz's feature directorial debut, Pussy Island for MGM. The film written by Kravitz centers on Frida, a young and clever Los Angeles cocktail waitress who has her eyes set on the prize philanthropist and tech mogul Slater King. When she skillfully maneuvers her way into King's inner circle and ultimately an intimate gathering of his private island, she is ready for a journey of a lifetime. Despite the epic setting, beautiful people, ever-flowing champagne, and late-night dance parties, Frida can sense that there's more to this island than meets the eye. A fucking Transformer? What? Right. No, (laughs) something she can't quite put her finger on. Something terrifying. Now, Rex is apparently set to play Slater's chef, trainer, and oldest friend, Cody. Mm, very interesting. But that's not all for Channing Tatum, though, folks. It is uh, he's doing for MGM, especially. He will also produce and star in a film adaptation of a children's book, One and Only Sparkila. Uh, for this studio, uh, this will be Tatum's first picture book, illustrated by Kim Barnes. Uh, was published uh, by Farrell and Friends in May of last year, and subsequent- subsequently uh, registered as number one in the New York times bestsellers list uh it centers on a father who teaches his daughter ella the importance of being herself after made to feel like an outsider at school while tatum will play sparkella's father figure uh it is not yet clear on who will play ella the daughter so that's very interesting yeah i love that he wrote a children's book i love even more that he's making a movie out of it right all right jumping to netflix less than a month after the highly anticipated top gun maverick flies into theaters director josh kosinski will reunite with miles teller for the netflix sci-fi thriller spiderhead now this is based on george saunders short story escape from spiderhead the film star 
Lars Teller as a prisoner of the state-of-the-art Spiderhead Penitentiary designed by inventor Steve Abnesti, who's going to be played by Chris Hemsworth. Uh, located on Gorgeous Island, the island offers its prisoners reduced prison sentences and good accommodations at a price. Every inmate wears a surgically attached experimental device that administers mind-altering drugs in their brains. Although Absteni is convinced that his work will save lives, the experiments he carries out on his patients begin to test the boundaries of free will. When two subjects, Steve played by Miles Teller, and Lizzie, played by Journey Smollett. Jesus, this cast is amazing. Form a romantic connection, the two begin to rebel against him and his attempts to program them. Mm, that sounds right up Netflix's alley, to be honest with you. They're always reaching for it, so I that mean, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that sounds deep. For sure, for sure. Well, Ed's uh, Skurin uh, has replaced uh, Rupert Friend in Zack Snyder's sci-fi epic Rebel Moon for Netflix. Mm. This following Friend's exit from the project due to scheduling conflicts, uh, Cleopatra Coleman, Farrah Fee, and Ryan Reese uh, have also signed on to roles. Rebel Moon is set in a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy that finds itself threatened by armies of uh, Regiment Belaris. Um, when dispatching a young woman with a mysterious past is seeking out warriors from neighboring planets to help them make a stand. Now, while uh, Skirin uh, will be playing the film's principal antagonist, details with regard to the characters the other's news of cast members will be playing have not been disclosed yet. This one sounds very very weird it does yeah i'm just yeah, but but it's Zack snyder so hey you know we'll see oh uh, hey to build excitement for stranger things is may 27th premiere man that's right around the corner netflix dropped an eight minute preview of the first episode of season four they also revealed that the first seven episodes of the nine episode fourth season will drop on may 27th the final two episodes will be released on july 1st as volume two now, it was previously announced that the fourth season would air in two parts, so that's no big surprise. The Duffer Brothers also confirmed season five will be Stranger Things last, but some sharp-eyed people saw a billboard promoting season four that also teased every ending has a beginning. Mm. So is that a clue that there might be a spinoff in the works? Right, like backdoor pilot, question mark? Like, what the fuck? I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Exactly. Another one of Netflix's huge projects that everybody was talking about last year was Squid Game, and they are coming back for a second season of this thing. But fans of the smash hit drama series are going to have to wait a little over a year for new episodes. Series creator Hong Dong Hook uh, predicts that the next batch of the episodes won't be ready for release until the end of 2023 at the earliest. Now, a season two release in 2024 has also been a realm of possibility. Now, Netflix is king of making people wait for shit like Stranger but Things. But at least this time it isn't their fault. I guess this guy's just yeah. not finished with yeah. you know doing it. But yeah, geez, if, if you're on Netflix, you have to wait forever. This one's surprising to me that this is his first. I guess so, though. Ron Howard's first animated feature 
feature, The Shrinking of Treehorn, has been acquired by Netflix. The upcoming film, described as a musical set in New York City during the holidays, is based on Florence Perry Hyde's 1971 children's book of the same name. The story centers on Treehorn, a young boy who starts shrinking one day, even if his parents barely seem to notice. Now, Rob Lieber adapted the script for the project, was originally set up in Paramount back in 2019. Very interesting, but that's not all for Ron Howard, though. He's doing everything across multiple studios. Oh, yeah. Even at Amazon. Uh, he ripped from the headlines drama, 13 Lives has been moved to August. Now, this is a film that uh, will be launching globally on Amazon Prime Video shortly after the limited theatrical release mm. uh, produced and directed by Ron Howard. The film follows 2018 rescue mission of the Thai soccer team. Remember when they were trapped in the cage with their coach? Um, and it was flooding underground. The film's cast, uh, led by Colin Farrow, Viego Morristine, and Joel Edgerton, will uh, be scripted by William Nicholson, uh, previously dated for November 18th of 2022. The MGM movie is now under the Amazon umbrella after the company Makes closed sense. an eight. $8.5 billion acquisition of the historic film studio back in March. As such, film will receive a limited theatrical release in early August before launching on Prime Video weeks after uh, as one of the company's uh, summer temples. So that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's a phenomenal cast. I mean, with Ron Howard directing that, that's going to be really good. Uh, the She-Ra live action series in development as Amazon has brought on Nicole Kessel to direct. Sources previously reported that the show was in early development at the streamer back in September of 2021. Now, Castle will direct and executive produce the pilot episode should it go forward. No writer is currently attached. Castle previously directed and executive produced to multiple episodes of HBO's critically acclaimed series Watchmen, which of course earned her Emmy nominations and a G DGA award. So it's a wise move to bring her on for that. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter right there. Uh, Amazon Prime released an official teaser trailer of the teaser poster and a teaser poster for Chris Pratt's The Terminal List, which Pratt stars and serves as an executive producer alongside Anton Fuqua's and Dave Dilgo's. Um, all eight episodes will premiere on July 1st in more than 240 countries and territories. Based on the best-selling novel by Jack Carr, The Terminal List follows James Reese, who's obviously played by Pratt, after an entire platoon of Navy SEALs is ambushed during a high-stakes covert op mission. Mm. Now, Reese returns home to his family with conflicting memories of the event and questions about his capability. Um, however, in new evidence comes to light, Reese discovers dark forces working against him, uh, endangering not only his life, but the life of those that he loves. Mm. So, man, that one's going to be deep. Yeah, don't piss Chris Pratt off. Alright, jumping to Apple. Apple TV has ordered Ava the Owlet, a new animated kids and family series based on Rebecca Elliott's best-selling Scholastic book series, Owl Diaries, Eva and the Owlets. Stars Ava, a creative cheeky owlet who lives next door to her best friend Lucy in the woodland world of Tripatopingen. Yeah. With big ideas and an even bigger personality, Eva goes on high-flying adventures expressing herself in her journal along the way. 
Mm, there it is, man. There it is. Well, James Darkey will star as Joe's husband in uh, Magnus in the upcoming t- Apple TV thriller Consultation. Additionally, Oliver Hotchabiggle and uh, Joseph Cedar have been set to direct the three episode of each of the eight episode series. The series follows Joe by Naomi uh, Replace playing a woman uh, who returns to Earth after a disaster in space only to discover that key pieces of her life seem to be missing. Hmm. The action-packed space adventure is an exploitation of dark edges, human psychology, and a woman's desperate quest to expose the truth about hidden history of space travel and to recover all that she has lost. Jonathan Banks also is in star, uh, talks to star. Mm. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. All right. And if that name sounds familiar, Darcy, uh, you might know it. It's uh, Jarvis yeah. from, from the Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah for Jarvis. sure. WandaVision, speaking of, Helmer, Matt Shankman has apparently been tapped to direct the first two episodes of Apple TV's upcoming live action, Godzilla and the Titans. Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the untitled MonsterVerse series will explore one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to a secret organization known as Monarch. Mm. So the return of Monarch again. Yeah, very interesting, man. Very interesting. Well, now it's time for Deanna Bermudez to come on the show. I know it's yes. been long awaited. It's been a very long time since she's back, been back on. And man, oh man, she's just a blast. Everybody's going to love this one. Oh yeah, she's so joyous. Her smile is infectious. We get real deep into all kinds of stuff. Not just Moon Knight, but what she's been doing, how she dealt with COVID, the opportunities that she had during COVID, how she's inspiring girls. Just so much stuff. So much, man. So much. Well, here she is. Deanna Bermudez, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's uh, it's lovely to be back, especially after such a long time and with more exciting news to share. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, you've uh, entered the MCU. That's, I'd say that's a little bit exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are rocking and rolling. Thank you so much for asking. I mean, it's been an amazing journey. And like we said, it's been a while. It's probably been about two years since we've last talked to you. We've just been admiring your success from afar, and we're just absolutely loving it. We are in your corner 24-7, <laughs> so it's awesome to see. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, you, you know, so we, we want to say, because you've been doing a lot of uh, film work, short film work, you've been doing some voiceover work on video games. Of course, like I said, you've entered the MCU, so you've been staying pretty busy and, and, and doing all that, as you know, everybody knows, since the last time we talked to you, COVID hit and the lockdown hit, and it kind of affected the industry in the most crazy way ever. So uh, I guess let's start, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what was that like when it all kind of shut down for you as an actress and, and the industry kind of shutting down the way it did? Talk about that a little bit and what your initial thought process was like, uh-oh. I mean, you know, it's so crazy because I I don't think, I think like the rest of the world, no one was really prepared for what was about to happen. Right. Um, and I was in Spain and I got to Spain to visit my my parents and Spain shut down and then was even taking it seriously mm. and I remember because I went for a stroll down the beach and the police came and they actually threatened to arrest us because we didn't have IDs with us because you know I was literally five minutes from my parents house and I right. think that this is how serious it is in a small sleepy seaside town in Spain then 
what are we doing in London? Because London is just, it's like going like normal. Yeah. And um, then when we got back to London, we basically decided, um, actually, let's, let's, uh, let's go into lockdown because we realized how serious it was. And then two weeks after that, London did go into lockdown. Mm. So um, then, then I don't think we realized how long it would last, <laughs> which I think yeah. is the same for yeah. everyone. And I was like, oh, it's just closing down for a month or two. Um, I was like, that's fine. That's fine. Because as actors, you know, we normally have these kind of spells of we work, then we don't work. We work, then we don't work. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, a couple works, a couple week, uh, months without work. That, that's OK. Um, and then it kind of went on. <laughs> yeah. On. And thankfully, my voice agent just was really on it. And um, they um, they constructed uh, some voice studios that were completely COVID friendly. So you had no inter interaction with the audio engineer. And that was really what kept me afloat mm. during um, the pandemic was the amount of voice work that I was able to do um, and doing video games, which was, which is like the most fun. Um, I absolutely love video games. Um, so that really kept my morale high yeah um being able to do something so fun and you know like i mean you're, you're in crazy worlds i mean sometimes when i go into do video games you know they explain the world i'm just like how did someone come up with this? right like, oh, <laughs> what crazy mind <laughs> have you got so it, it yeah that really was incredible and i was really fortunate because i I think in the first year of lockdown, because there was like two years of lockdown is how I'm, I, I see it. Mm -hmm. The first year of lockdown, I also um, got cast in a, in a feature film um, in Sweden, uh, a Swedish feature film. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I got to Sweden and it was like, they weren't doing lockdown. <laughs> the most surreal experience because I was there like masks, everything, you know, like uh, um, anti-bag, everything. And they were like, uh, nothing. I was like, oh, are you going to do like a temperature test? Like I knew that anything that was shooting was like really highly regulated. Right, right. And they were like, not even a temperature test nothing wow and they put me up in um, a spa hotel on a, on a fjord in the middle of the swedish forest up, up north of sweden mm. um which was stunning but I, I remember the first day i got there i was like what do you mean a spa hotel you mean people are walking around like going into saunas and swimming pools but then obviously i was like well if everyone's doing it and it was a, a, a lovely respite really from what was going on in london and then I got to film on this beautiful Swedish feature film with an incredible director um, who really listened to, to, to me because the, my role was playing a Lakota Sioux woman um, from the 1800s. Mm. And I got to work with a member of the Standing Rock tribe um, and I learned some Lakota language, um, which was an incredible experience. Uh, especially during lockdown to have right. such a, a beautiful project come my way. Um, and then really, you know, cause obviously the, the whole, I mean, I didn't understand why this Lakota woman was helping uh, this Swedish woman. And, and so the director was really open to that conversation and we workshopped it and things. So, I mean, it was a, like a really beautiful explorative um, 
uh, filmmaking process. And um, it, it was the most epic scenery as well. Like it looked like a painting out there. Wow. So very thankful that that was one of my filming projects in the first year of lockdown. And then in the second year of lockdown, <laughs> I got cast in Moon Knight. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. This lockdown malarkey is not not too bad. Right? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, you know, because I feel like, you know, we talk about this all the time with our guests and on the show and uh, mental health and the mental health aspect of the lockdown and how it affected people. And, you know, to be able to hear that story and to hear something so amazing and so good come out of it and an enriching experience to where you were able to to do some stuff and and learn some stuff and be in a beautiful, that's amazing because I feel like that's, you know, a lot of people weren't able to be able to do that and, and you know it, it did play havoc so we're thrilled to hear that and we can't wait to watch that <laughs> yeah i mean i think it is um coming out in the u.s at some point i know it, it had a swedish release but i think they sold it to somewhere in the u.s but i <laughs> haven't quite uh followed up on exactly the details but, yeah we'll um, find it <laughs> for sure for <laughs> sure <laughs> but of course you brought up moon knight i mean honestly Every show that Marvel has putting out on Disney Plus seems to be getting better and better. Everybody was like, no, Loki was the best one. No, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But now people are saying Moon Knight is the best one. And I definitely think that has to uh, give credit to you and along with your castmates. I mean, so many great people were in this thing. I mean, of course, Ethan, Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac and just so many others that we just be remiss without saying. Uh, but I mean, credit to you because your role as a god, I mean, was freaking awesome. I mean, you just killed it, especially with like legendary actors that you were scene partners with. I mean, what was that like? I mean, having scene partners with Ethan Hawke. Well, I mean, Ethan Hawke is just lovely. I yeah. Mean, I, 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 there is nothing nothing negative to say about this project because everyone was just such a pleasure to work with um i will say i i was just so in awe when i watched that um that that scene in the chamber of the gods yes uh, you know i got to watch ethan Hawke and I, oscar isaac live yes. i mean there was no acting involved <laughs> i just watched in awe like that was really the extent of my acting in that um, <laughs> You know, I was I was mesmerized, honestly, um, because they are people who I admire. Obviously, when you when you work with people you admire, I, I, I'm always trying to learn from my peers, who, mm-hmm. especially when they have that much experience, you know. Right. And um, it was it was just I mean, the, the best gift I could have received <laughs> during lockdown is to be able to just watch them performing right in front of me oh Um, oh my goodness yeah i love that that's so freaking epic i can't even imagine like just hearing you talk about it gets me really excited uh we've had other different marvel show our stars on the show and they talked about how secret the casting process was was it very secret hush hush for you as well Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's all Marvel is super top secret because everyone wants to know something about Marvel. Right. And um, so I I knew it was for Marvel what I was auditioning for. But, you know, I had no idea what project it was. I had dummy sides. Mm -hmm. The character was written as a 60 year old music teacher. I know. I was like, well, you know, the casting director knows me. He cast me as the lead in a short film last year. So I know he knows. Right. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, well, you know, and, and as with everything that I got during lockdown, it was just playing and having fun, you know, For sure, there was right. no pressure to, to book anything. And especially when I saw it was 60 years old, I was really confused. So I just had fun with it. Yeah. And then um, I got cast and I still didn't know what it was for. And I got flown out to Budapest and I still didn't receive sides. So <laughs> it was like, it was very, very top secret. Yes. And, I received like the actual sides for my scenes like the week before and then we had the meeting with the director the day before where we finally were wow. able to kind of on what makes sense of ah. what the scenes were about so it was very very top secret yeah well, and this one I mean what a great one to be a part of right to join the MCU because this one was very um experimental if you will this one by far was the most violent this this one was was reaching uh, like, like where nobody had reached before in the mcu right they're really starting to delve deep into the lore of these different characters and so talk about that a little bit because there was some heat at first talking about like what what would we expect from moon knight because it is it does have a violent history in the comic books and there is this stuff that goes on with him um you know in the schizophrenia and the dual personalities and and the different things that we see um talk about what it was like for that and well one watching oscar isaac do the dual personalities just shifting back and forth was freaking amazing how that man did that but were you happy to be a part of something that you knew could bring some controversy and would be edgy into the MCU? Do you know what? It's funny that you asked that because the reality is I had no concept of what this show would look like because <laughs> I only had the scenes inside the Chamber of the Gods and like it was that top secret. We didn't get to see any of the other scenes mm. uh, or any of the other script. And even because even there was there was um everything was secretive on set with even the other actors. Like, cause we, we'd signed so many NDAs. We're like, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to tell you what my scenes are. <laughs> right. Like, so, so you know, when I finally kind of saw it, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's pretty amazing that I'm a part of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, other than, you know, seeing, um, Oscar Isaac do, uh, you know, Conchu and uh, Mark Spector, you know, I had an inkling of, of that and I was super impressed by that. And then to see all the other characters and right. layers and like, oh my goodness, I was just like, I, I was really floored to be, to be honest. And, and the comedy as well, because obviously my part isn't comedic and then to see the comedy of it i was just like wow what what am i watching here this is so cool there's like this comedy there's like action and there's like all this like the blackouts i i just i found it really fascinating but i feel like i watched it like another audience member because i was like where where is this going and when is this going to end up in, in like, <laughs> right <laughs> well and to be fair yeah. though you also were dual right because your character is actually an avatar of the goddess right so you knew he had a little fun playing too right so that was kind of yeah. cool <laughs> yeah i think the 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 difference was that um obviously our there's more um of a synergy between our avatars and yeah. and uh, our gods versus I think what you see in Mark's personality is that he with his split personality that's that's why it's so jarring mm -hmm. um 
yeah so um i guess that's the difference but yeah it was i mean listen it was super super fun (laughs) (laughs) that's so epic and i feel like this series made history for the mcu and for honestly a lot of the disney plus stuff with you know bringing out the first arabian superhero that's absolutely amazing love to see it need more female representation as the superheroes as well i love to see that too we're super excited because it seems like when we were watching endgame you know there was that one tiny little clip that was kind of showing up the all female avengers so there's a lot of like acceleration happening with the diversity and we're just absolutely here for it we are loving it um so i just think that was very historical as well i love that super historical i mean i like i said i watched it like an audience member i didn't know that she turned into into the scarlet um uh scarab uh, yeah yep and um when i saw that i was like um yeah it's so funny because it's like i know that i've had a lot of support from my colombian and latin american community and the indigenous community and then i I have um i have some friends who are half egyptian half colombian and i was like this is mega representation oh yeah arab and like colombia like you're just seeing everything in the night like how epic and i do think that that like i mean it's so amazing to be part of a series that was so big on representation and then you can really see how important the diversity aspect was within this show um and and that i am super proud to have been a part of well and could be continued part of because as as we know they haven't officially announced anything right and and no spoilers out there but feige has always got it planned you know they go on retreats he's got this thing planned out (laughs) for the next 10 years and it's always interwoven it's always he knows what's coming um there was so many setups in this series to go beyond right that there's potential crossovers with the eternals and other gods and other so you know the idea of seeing the return of of the egyptian gods with the other gods in the MCU and the storylines that could potentially unfold, that's huge. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say maybe we've seen the last of your character. We can maybe see her again. So what do you think about that? I mean, the potential is there. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't say no, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't say no. Of course not. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, that's the beauty of Marvel. You yeah. just never know. Kevin Feige knows. Yeah, exactly. He's like, <laughs> he's like the only one that's so freaking epic. And something else that was really epic that I thought was probably really awesome to experience was the that red carpet event, that red carpet premiere of Moon Knight and being able to seeing that picture with Oscar Isaac and the the kid dressed as Moon Knight. I that like really touched my heart. I was like, oh, that's so freaking adorable. What was that event like? We have so many different stars there. You have the biggest celebrities in Hollywood, basically. So I would have just been shaken with excitement the whole time. What was that like for you? I mean, I was shaking with excitement. I, I mean, the exhilaration was like a hundred percent. I, it was just, I, I can't even express. It was a whirlwind, but it was so amazing. And I, that's the first. That's the biggest red carpet I've ever done. I mean, because it's Marvel, so right. it was really like big. And I don't know. I just, it was just, but it was fun though. Don't get me wrong. I know, like it was crazy and like to see so many people and um obviously like i still wasn't allowed to say anything of who oh, i was sure, right for sure so i was just like yeah i'm in it I, i'm here 
you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about that too because you, you brought up a good point with the little kids and and the different things. I think these the the MCU and what they've been able to do has become so iconic and so inspiring for so many people not just young you know kids and young adults but also i think people that ha- want to get into the industry because of what they've been able to do and the groundbreaking stuff that they've been able to do and yet continuously attacked sometimes for 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 you know what they are and what these projects you know do uh, elizabeth olsen just came out in defense of them recently and everything and so um what what do you think about that because uh, you know and to her point what she said defending it it's like you're attacking the brilliant work that everyone involved in these projects does by calling it something not real um that's crazy. I mean, if there was ever an aspect where it's brilliant storytelling and brilliant visuals and and everything from crew up to to the you know above the line, it's brilliant. So to attack it as some form of a lesser art seems silly to me because it's inspired so many people. Well, that's that's a really uh, that's a correct that's very true. Um, yesterday, actually, I I went to, to a school in South London, where there's a big Latin American community. And um, I was talking to uh, these uh, ch- children, teenagers between the ages of like, uh, 11 and um, 16. And the way that they look up to Marvel, it was just like when when they saw me, they were like, what? <laughs> Colombia? And you were born like, and you were raised like, two streets down from where we are right. you mean, we can be in marvel like yes. you know like like that was so heartwarming to to experience yesterday and and so in terms of of that and what it means to like i don't i don't know the, the world and representation and and i don't know i i mean yeah i get that people have different points of view and, and different tastes right right reality, you know you're always going to get people who don't like something for whatever reason and um i mean to that i just simply say well it's, it's just not for you mm-hmm. but it's definitely for other people like the young people that i met yesterday who right. absolutely love marvel and everything that marvel does so that's that's really all i have to say yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's exactly it's like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like you said, you literally, you probably inspired that individual because like they said, oh my gosh, you grew up right from where we were. We can too. If you can inspire just one person to believe in themselves to go after something, it's worth every bit of it. A hundred percent. Honestly, I mean, that's that's a big, you know, I, I know you followed me for a while, so I'm a big advocate of how important representation is. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who didn't see myself represented when I was younger, growing up here in the UK, and even in Latin American uh, film and TV, you know, I didn't actually see my my own race represented because obviously we're multiracial mm-hmm. in America. And so I know for a fact, like there were some young girls that were really affected by seeing me yesterday and being proud of being an indigenous Latin American woman um, and them seeing themselves reflected in me and talking proudly and being on the screen and being like, we, we belong there, we can be there. That's right. um, and even the teacher said today, like how, how much my visit had impacted, especially some of the young girls. And for me, I'm like, I mean, that's probably the most rewarding aspect of this job. As much as I absolutely loved filming, and that is what I find most fulfilling, um, being on set and being creative, but I find it equally fulfilling knowing that 
my passion is also giving someone else hope I don't know that's the only way I can describe it like I mean it's yeah I mm. I feel really happy and proud that I can do that Wow. Well, that's that's absolutely amazing because yeah. I mean, I just have to say thank you for all the work and effort that you put forth like that because a lot of people get into the entertainment industry just looking to be famous, looking to, you know, just provide for themselves, be super stereotypical where they don't care about anything else, they just care about the money, but you you put yourself in this situation where you have a platform and you have a voice and you're using it for the right reasons and i just think that's absolutely amazing and beautiful so thank you for what you do because that's thank you yes of course it's honestly jaw-dropping breathtaking beautiful yeah <laughs> of course of course well what we like to do now at the end of the show <laughs> or at the end of our guest segment is well especially since we haven't talked to you in so long right what have you been watching either film or television is there something that just stuck out to you so much right now that you just want to be like i have to mention this piece of content well other than moon Knight, of course of course <laughs> <laughs> which is like the only thing i've been watching lately um i actually started watching rami mm, um yeah. kalamawi's uh, previous uh, big project yes. um, and that is another one which I just think people need to watch mm. because there's not many series that explicitly talk about uh, the Muslim American community like mm -hmm. that. And I'm just like, wow, this is just eye-opening for yeah, me. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, show. Yes. So, and it's so funny and it's it's so interesting. So I that's the one that sticks out to me at the moment awesome yes for sure and another one that we came up with and you might have to think about this one a little bit <laughs> is what is your most embarrassing moment either on film stage or in an audition room that you are just like completely <laughs> like don't even want to think about anymore but it's one of those things where you can look back on and laugh about now yeah, I mean, one thing just came to mind immediately. Um, <laughs> I think when I first started acting, um, I got, you know, I, I was just doing commercials at the very beginning yeah. because, yeah, that's that's what we do. And then I got my first kind of acting audition and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. And um, I didn't have an agent at the time. So I, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I just was a bit clueless, to be fair. Yeah. Um, they said that they would give me sides uh, when I got to the uh, casting uh, room, the casting office. And so I got there and they gave me about five pages of sides. Oh and I was like, what? And I completely freaked out because I just wasn't expecting that. And I was like, right. how am I going to land this right, right now? Like, you know, there's only two girls in front of me and I, I couldn't focus my mind was just going all over the place so like I didn't I don't think I even got to the end of it when I was called so I was like what oh my goodness <laughs> so I go into the casting room and there's the casting director there's a producer and the director so I'm like oh okay it's not just the casting assistants right. I'm like oh okay there's quite a few people here and they were like you know just try not to look at the script too much but I was like how do I not look at right. the script <laughs> it was like it was quite, it was really wordy. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of action. It was very wordy. So I was like, okay. And so I did it. And I basically just, just, just read the script. I didn't really act. I was just reading. So the director kind of just gave me a few notes and was just like, just, 
try not to look at the script. And um, it was a really serious, serious role. Uh -huh. Anyway, so I, I start going through it and I realize I'm like, I'm definitely still looking at the script. So I'm reading this very serious role and I start laughing. Oh. And I'm just like, like just laughing. And then I start fumbling <laughs> into myself, like laughing. And I'm just like, I was waiting for them to say stop or right. stop beginning and they didn't. And so I just kind of was, my voice went squeaky. I started like giggling <laughs> and trying to just get through this, this audition. And, and they looked at me like, what the fuck just happened? Sorry, <laughs> oh no, you're good. You can say that. <laughs> yeah. And um, needless to say, I, to this day, I have never been called back into that cast. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great. That's yeah. great. It's like, that was an interesting yeah. interpretation of, right. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I, I, it's so cringy, but like, you know, it was a lesson, lesson learned. And I think, I mean, I've come such a long way. Maybe oh, yeah. they'll come back one day. Who knows? <laughs> uh, they'd be crazy not to. I mean, exactly. I would agree. You've come a long way and you're just killing it and you're doing amazing. And we're so happy that you came back on to talk to us. I mean, we're, you're always such a pleasure. You really are. Oh, and I mean, let, let's try not to make it two years next time. Yeah. But, uh, we should definitely bring <laughs> well, you back on. Hopefully I'll get some more work in the next two years, you know? <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. You're killing it. I mean, come on now. But Thank of course, you. we just want to shout out where can people follow you? because it's all about social media. You know how it is. Yes. Well, I'm on Instagram mainly, and it's at Deanna Bermudez. Fantastic. Fantastic. Easy and, and quick to find. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, take care. Thank you so much. We know you're a busy lady, and you got to just kill it today. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. All righty. Have a good one. Bye. See ya. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment. Man, oh, man. This week it is animal movies. Yes. It's very interesting. Uh, obviously brought to you by our podcast producer, Jason. Um, yeah. I mean, trying to figure out like movies that heavily involve animals and movies that like are strictly just about animals. <laughs> it, it was kind of difficult. I'm not going to lie. And now just thinking about it, I mean, even more come to mind that I hold near and dear to my heart that I have, did not put on my list, but I'll do an honorable mention. Honorable mention, Homeward Bound. Homeward mm. Bound is one of my favorite mm -hmm, ones. Completely mm -hmm. forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, but for number five, it goes to Brother Bear. This is a Disney animated film that I don't know if a lot of people saw, to be honest with you. Probably around my age gap, age generation. Um, but this is definitely about one that, you know, you don't really know who you are until you've been put through the ringer and been able to come out on the other side and figure out what type of person you are. And you figure out how to approach life from those circumstances and from those events. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes, like I said, good experiences, sometimes bad experiences. But it's definitely a good one. Definitely one that gets me teared up every single time. But yeah, number five for me is Brother Bear. Well, there you go. My number five is also a Disney movie, but live action starring the late, great Paul Walker eight below now this is about a guy and his sled dogs who are caught in um a blizzard and he's forced to leave them uh to survive on their own because he needs to survive and 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 so the film is about the journey of the eight sled dogs and what they have to do to survive the, the this this blizzard and and the freezing conditions and paul walker's actually just kind of like a secondary co-star to these dogs um it's 
it's so realistic though, like like what these dogs are forced to have to do to survive during this and and they may or may not all survive. I don't want to blow it for anybody, but it's not necessarily not a tearjerker movie. It is. Um, but check this one out, Eight Below, and it's a really good Paul Walker film, and it's a really good story. And um, yeah, check that one out, Eight for Below. For sure, for sure. Uh, number four for me goes to just the Madagascar franchise. I mean, this one is a tale of friendship and just going through multiple different stages in your life or multiple different experiences that you go through in life um, that you can just experience with your friends some good some bad uh definitely all learning experiences um but yeah it's definitely one that a lot of people can relate to and it's a good one for the adults as well you know you don't you don't feel like you're just dragging like uh hotel transylvania 3 so mm. there there's that <laughs> number four for me just the madagascar franchise well there you go number four for me is another real life story dolphin tale this is of course about the beloved uh, dolphin winter who was caught up in some nets some fish nets and they had to amputate her her tail and she as was at risk of dying because she couldn't swim anymore and not being able to swim when you're a dolphin not good news so um they had to groundbreakingly make a prosthetic tail for the dolphin and she had to learn how to swim with this with this prosthetic tail uh it's a heartwarming story that's just uh ashley judd and harry connick jr and morgan freeman uh just a phenomenal film um and sadly you know it worked it was successful and winter was like amazing and had like this great life but she just recently passed um so that was sad to hear but uh this is a really great movie and and really family friendly so definitely check that one out too yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Number three for me is, like, on everybody's film about animals is The Lion King. I mean, come on now. Like, coming-to-age film, obviously, with Simba, but then your relationship with your parents and your dad, and then once your parents die, like, all that shit. Uh, but, I mean, come on now. I was actually a fan of the uh, live-action remake. I thought it was very well done. Thank you, John Favreau. Had an amazing cast, Beyonce, Donald Glover, uh, James Earl Jones, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't like Lion King? Come on now. I come mean, on. Come on. It, it, it's a huge uh, childhood memory or young adult memory for me, and, you know, I'm, it may or may not be on my list too. Number three, Turner and Hooch for me. The beloved Tom Hanks film about the big old slobby mouth dog who's his partner and um, yeah, ends up not surviving uh, in the movie. But hey, we know the Hooches lived on in the series of Disney Plus, which they shouldn't have canceled. But this is a great film. This is about, you know, a man and his dog and the love for a dog that you can have and how they become family and what they'll do for their owners. And, and it's just, it's heartwarming. It's heartbreaking. It's funny. It's sad. It's a great film. If you love, you know, man and his best friend, you got to check out Turner and Hooch. Come oh, on. for sure. For sure. And I mean, speaking of man and best friend, Marley and Me, mm. that is my number two. Owen Wilson, obviously Jennifer Aniston, amazing cast right there. But I think this film represents, you know, your emotional support system and how even if they're a little crazy, even if, you know, they're a little out there, they will always be there for you until the very end, um, especially, you know, in this film where the dog starts off as a crazy-ass puppy and grows up to be even a bigger crazy-ass puppy and 
wreak some havoc. Um, but then it's always just so sad because you you really do gain a family member you do. out of household fet- pets. I mean, they just they stick with you through everything. They'll listen to you. They really are your emotional support system. And everybody needs a therapy dog or a therapy cat or a therapy animal. So that's why number two is Marley and me. For sure. My number two is the first blockbuster film and the one that had everybody scared to fucking go in the water not just the ocean you were scared to get in the fucking bathtub after this okay i'm of course talking about jaws uh how can you not have this one on the list it was terrifying about a fucking giant ass shark that was taking revenge out and killing people um Jaws. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think at this point, everybody on the face of the planet has seen the fucking film. I would hope so. And if you haven't, check it out. (laughs) For sure, man. (laughs) For sure. Number one for me goes to The Jungle Book. Uh, Just for, you know, basically the mentorship, how it shows you that you can have family without them being blood related or even not even the same like human race. They could be fucking animals, like I said in Marley and Me. Um, but basically what Baloo and I forget the panther's name was able to do for Mowgli just to raise him as their own and obviously the wolf pack. Um, it, it's a beautiful film. It's definitely one of my favorite animated Disney films of all time. Um, I'm not a fan of any of the live action ones they've tried to remake or do anything like that. I just think they're god awful. Um, even the one with Bill Murray as Blue, that one didn't have any music in it. And Jungle Book has one of the best soundtracks of all time. So it's like, what the fuck? Um, but overall, the story is amazing. The book's amazing. I used to have it growing up, so I read that multiple times. But that's why number one for me is The Jungle Book. Yeah, well, my number one is, as I said, popping up on the list, uh, The Lion King. I mean, this was groundbreaking for its time. For anybody who doesn't know, Disney was kind of in a slump with their animation. And uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg at that time was heading up Disney Animation, and and, and it was uh, Michael Eisner, and they were on a mission to revamp and revitalize uh, Walt Disney's animation studios, for which they were built on, um, and The Lion King was, was the result. Uh, the Lion King came out and made massive numbers, and for a while was like the largest grossing film, uh, it's largest grossing animated film still, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it was a massively huge success, and I think for all the reasons that you said it's it's about family and the coming of age and and your first love and your dad and your mom and your scary uncle and 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 uh, like all these different things about growing up and what that means but done through the tale of lions and 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 the jungle and um i just thought it was a brilliant film i thought it did wonders for bringing back you know beloved disney animation which at that time was needed and uh was just a, a, a fan fave movie and one of my faves for sure for all time oh for sure man for sure what is your number one animal movie we want to know be sure to leave a like in the comment section on youtube or you know leave a comment on our podcast description or add us on twitter at yes. jlo fantastic and at the uh crazy ant guy 1970 um be sure to go out to the box office this weekend because dr strange is still rocking and rolling at number one and if you haven't seen it it is definitely a conversation starter uh it came in at number one with 61.8 million dollars the bad guys came in at number two with seven million dollars Number three was Sonic and the Hedgehog 2 with $4.7 million. Number four was Firestarter, mm. despite everybody saying it was trash, uh, with $3.8 million. And number five was Everything Everywhere All at Once 
with uh, $3.3 million. $3.8 million, though, for a big-budget film for the entire weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard it's awful. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is. And, and look, Strange is going to hold on this weekend, too, for its third week in the row. But let's be honest about it. It's it's dropping next week with, no, yeah. with, with Top yeah, Gun. There's no I doubt. Mean. There's no doubt. Um, the new movies that are coming out in the upcoming weeks, Downtown Abbey, a new era. I know a lot of people are, uh, excited about that. Men, obviously Top Gun next week, uh, Bob's Burgers movie next week as well, and Julia. What? I just have to question the thought process behind the folks with, uh, Bob's Burger. Why the fuck would you agree to a release date against Top Gun Maverick? Well, I'm just, I don't think the same people are going to go see both of those movies. I think it's two completely types of different people. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even think they're thinking about it like I that. Just, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a vacuum. I think Top Gun's going to just like vacuum up all the profits and everybody else is going to suffer. <laughs> I think uh, I think probably like 120. I think Top Gun bring in 120. Really? You yeah. don't think it's going to be higher than that? No interesting yeah like i said off air a lot of kids that i talk to in day-to-day life teenagers they're not interested in seeing top gun a lot of older people from your generation are interested so uh there's people younger than me that want to see it though no there are there are yeah i'm telling you yeah but like you're saying that you don't believe me when i say kids don't want to see it so look if if you're if you're mid-20s maybe not it'll be a huge mistake you'll catch on after you see it out yeah I bet people will go see it because word of mouth is going to make those that age group want to see it. But there is a huge range group of 30 and older and then my generation that are most definitely going to see it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it's going to do bigger than 120. All right. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking closer 160, 180. All right. We'll yeah. see. You think I mean, it's going to put up Marvel Doctor Strange numbers? I think I think it's going to come close. Mm. I, I think you know somewhere in the neighborhood of one twenty to one fifty. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be closer to one fifty though. For sure, we'll see. We'll see. Movies you can still go see this week are Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, The mm. Northmen, The Lost City. You can watch stream that now. Uh, <laughs> Family Camp and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I still have no idea what that is. I don't either. <laughs> uh, and be sure to head over to IMDb Pro, subscribe to this thing if you're trying to break into the entertainment industry it is definitely worth it uh the top trending movie of course is still dr strange in the multiverse of madness the top trending show is better call saul and the top trending star is amber heard mm. for the third week in a row for mm. nothing good uh of course guys thank you for getting a little crazy with us on episode 195 of inside the crazy ant farm be sure to follow our guest deanna bermudez on instagram because that's where she is and yes. of course we have to thank her one more time for coming back on she's a massive star now so i mean to take time out of her day we really appreciate <laughs> it be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media guys we're at crazy ant media on instagram twitter and facebook and of course it cap podcast on twitter instagram and tiktok and you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media, myself at JLo Fantastic and yeah, Crazy and Guy nineteen seventy. Yep, and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. And if we can figure out all of our shit with Adobe, uh, you can find us on YouTube. Be sure to hit the like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all yes. the latest and greatest notifications. Be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you start rocking the 
latest and greatest crazy amity gear got everything for everybody man oh man yeah there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened this week and not a lot of good stuff uh but you know i'm i'm curious to see like we talked about just a second ago how top gun will do and i'm curious to see what marvel is going to do with stanley's likeness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm hoping it's just respectful and just not over the top crazy i just don't want to see that as a stan lee fan and a marvel fan i just don't want to see that super excited about she hulk i think that's gonna kick ass uh i'm super excited about all the star wars stuff coming uh massively grateful that 911 and uh the resident were renewed uh not that i was ever worried but hey you know you never know in this crazy world and super excited to see all the new stuff that's coming because there were a lot of new shows announced so and just glad to see that one of them that wasn't is bull yeah right (laughs) finally finally been saying that for five years they finally listened oh man oh man but you guys know we gotta honor the one the only oprah